Well, we're in the seventh week, really the final week of a series we've titled Made for More. And very simply, it's about you. It's the reality that we understand God has made you for more than you realize. That we often live at a much lower expectation than actually seeing how he's made us. And so even as we're looking to kind of bring the series to conclusion, I want to invite you to go back if you're new today or you missed some different weeks We want you to get the full picture of how God's made you in every circumstance and environment to be more than you can imagine. That there's much more for you, not much less. Now, it's hard to say that today when we're in the middle of such chaos, confusion, uncertainty, even in our own area as cases go up with the virus, we tend to be moving towards more restriction. All of us just feel kind of a bit kind of confused, I think, and discombobulated. In fact, as I think about the year, uh, if I were to give one image to it all, I, I, does anybody else want to just raise the flag of surrender? Like, I'm done. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Let's move on. This has just been a brutal year. Amen? I mean, I mean, think about this in lots of areas. Now, for some of us, we have areas we raise the flag every year. In fact, if you are a Lions fan, this is a flag I raise regularly. Every year, I get my hopes up. Every year something, you probably don't notice this, but if you're a true fan, you would know this is one of the many times. This is at the end of a game. It looked like they scored and beat Atlanta. They did a review and found out he was just at the one-inch line. And then there's some weird rule that if they do a review and there's no timeouts, they run off 10 seconds and the game is over. Literally, it went from winning to losing. Now, that would feel horrible, but how common is that for a Lions fan? Amen? How often do we have hope and raise the flag? I'm done. I give up. I quit. I surrender. And we have that in other areas, don't you? Don't we? Any of you young families out here, any of you school-age kids especially, I bet you're hearing Oprah say this right now. You get to homeschool and you get to homeschool. Everybody gets to homeschool because we're all sudden back home and it's another stress. Anybody saying, oh my goodness, we're home together. I'm ready to raise the flag of surrender. I just, what else am I going to do? How many more hours can we be together? But we're just kind of at that. I wonder how many of you have actually planned anything this year. Have any of your plans, even just show of hands here in the room, any of your plans changed this year from what you thought they'd be? Yep, me too. Do you know how many plans I have made and canceled? Do you know how many things we've planned as a church to do and then had to modify what we're doing, even in the last weeks we've modified? Does anyone want to raise the flag of surrender at planning right now? I'm ready to raise it. And then let's not forget, it's the political environment that never ends. We're face to face and we've made enemies of one another and it's so hostile and confusing and depending on, literally, we have contradictory thoughts on everything. Does anyone want to raise a flag of surrender over the environment we're in? And those things, I mean, they're not that important. Then if you get to things that really matter... Is anyone just depressed for these two teams in our state? Go green where? Where am I going to go? To another loss? Please surrender. I mean, let's be honest. What we're ready to take the year and do is this. Let's give up 2020. And let's just hope when January 1st comes, it's a new day. In fact, I wonder right now that you think, what is it? that you'd like to give up right now, that you'd like to just surrender and go, I can't do any more of this. If you're online, you can even write those things. Although if it's something in your family, probably don't write that there. But just think about the things you'd like to give up on, that you'd like to just go, I surrender. I'm raising the flag. I can't do this. I can't do it on my own. Help. I say that because part of 
us understanding being made for more is there is this real picture of surrender that Christians have. We wave the white flag, not necessarily in hopelessness, but in fully kind of letting go of things. And there's great pictures of this actually as the church comes. We often describe the very Christian life as a life of surrender. In fact, one of my favorite prayers throughout my adult life that I learned somewhat in my early 20s is a prayer that John Wesley penned called the Covenant Prayer, one of our earliest leaders in the movement of the Wesleyan Church. And, and I actually learned it in kind of an old English, but so it stayed with me that way, but it's such a powerful prayer. He says, I'm no longer my own but thine. Put me with whomever you wilt. Rank me with whomever you wilt. Put me to doing or put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside from thee. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. Let me be full or let me be empty. Oh God, I yield everything to you. I surrender. And now this wonderful surrender that we've made, let it be ratified in heaven as it is on earth. And he commits himself to God's care in that. Powerful letting go, isn't it? And it's a powerful statement of what we want to do to understand how we're made for more. But when we understand surrender only as letting go, we get an incomplete picture of it. In fact, I want you to understand it this way. I think there's something more than just what we give up. I think letting go is one side of it. But I think there's something that we actively participate in when we surrender. Jesus gives picture to this. He is in this garden called Gethsemane in Jerusalem. It's the night of what we call Passover. He's got his closest friends praying for him. He knows the most difficult journey he's about to take is upon him. And he's with the Father and he prays these words. We've heard them again and again. If we've been in church, if you haven't, they're just profound words. He says, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me, meaning what I'm about to have to do to suffer. And then he says, but if not, your will be done. It's a surrender. God, what you want, I let go. But after he lets go, he does something amazing. It's one of the most amazing things, if not the most, throughout history, which is he then walks into suffering and heartache and struggle and death that will lead to resurrection. There's an active part of surrender in him as there's to be an active part in surrender in you and me. There's something on the building side as much as there's something on the letting go side. And we tend to just talk about what we let go of, not what God's calling us to build in. And that's what we're gonna look at today is what God's called us to build in into a life of surrender. We've been in this wonderful letter called Ephesians that a man named Paul writes. Paul has been through all sorts of things, is probably one of our most significant leaders in the early church that brings Christianity out of Jerusalem and all through Asia Minor. He spent three years in Ephesus, and he's now later, he's in Rome in prison, and he's writing a letter to these early Christians. And now he's getting to the end of it, and he's all through the whole letter been talking about how they're made for more, about this wonderful design, about everything's in Christ. And we get to this last excerpt, which I believe gives, gives picture of what we, after we let go, what we build up. And this is what he says. Finally, at the end, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
I want you just to consider this word to be strong, this idea of becoming strong. I wonder what you'd say you're strong at, what you've built up, because the idea of being strong isn't simply a statement that it's a one-time transaction. Paul is inviting them into a process to build up strength. I wonder if you looked at your life what you'd say you're strong in right now. And I want you just to consider what you input, what you practice, what you work on. Maybe, maybe even if you're in the chat, go ahead and write what you think you're strong in. What are you building up right now? Think about what you spend time on right now. You know, maybe right now you practice, uh, you're a, a teenager and you practice a sport or a craft that you work on and you spend time in it. You're getting stronger in it. Maybe as adults you practice planning and strategy. Maybe you work diligently to figure out the circumstances and how you strategically move and you build up that muscle of planning and strategy. Maybe you're persuasive and you learn how to do that or you build up your own influence or your skills. For some of us, we consider our power the older we get or that strength is our experience and we want others to listen and we're confident that we see things the way no one else does. And the list can go on and on and on. But we have things we build up and we build strength in and it comes by how we live and what we practice and what we work on. And Paul here is telling us, be strong, but what matters is what follows. It's not be strong on your own, it's be strong in the Lord, in his mighty power. Paul, when he writes this letter, he says 27 times in Christ or in the Lord. In other words, this whole letter is built around you being made more, but the way you're made more is in him. It's in something he's doing in you. It's in some way that he's working in you that you have to be built up. I want you to consider this with Paul's life. Because you have to ask, now how did Paul get there? What built him up in this way? And, and one of the things we see from Paul's life is he's a tent maker, so he spends hours kind of working on his own. And in all that time, he describes himself as a man who's constantly praying, constantly seeking God. When Paul travels from city to city, which he does by foot and sometimes by boat, thousands of miles, he's walking for days. What do you think he's doing? He's being strengthened in the Lord, pursuing relationship with him even as he walks. He describes this connection to God that it's building practices, it's building strength, it's building him up. It's a beautiful picture and Jesus gives us the very same picture the way he walks the earth. The son of God himself describes again and again that he stole away, he spent long times alone with the father, that the way he was strengthened in the Lord was to be with the Lord. Now I tell you that, a bit as a challenge because I'm concerned we're in such a time right now where our practices don't match our need. And if we're truly gonna become people that are made for more, surrender isn't just letting go, it's building up. You know, I hear from many of you the practices you have. It's fascinating when the, pan when the pandemic hit in March and we were all put in shelter in place, do you know what one of, the number, one of the highest things that was purchased from people all over the country were uh, workout plans that they could do online. Because people said, when I'm home, I cannot miss my physical health. And they made a pattern to do it and not just do it alone, do it together. And then I wanna be very honest with you. I hear this all the time. Hey, I wanna be with God five minutes in the car on my drive. Maybe if I turn off the radio or get done with a podcast I'm listening to, 
Maybe I'll pray then. Maybe I'll pray at a meal. Maybe I'll do a little bit here and a little bit there. But if we're dead honest, we're not building into this life where we are strengthening ourselves in the Lord. Finally, be strong in the Lord. See, here's the thing I can't offer you is a quick fix. You let go and it'll all just work out. And you keep at building the things you're building up, but don't build up your faith and your life in him. Because what Paul's saying is you can't have both. You surrender and you let go, but you have got to work at building up who he is and who he is in you. It's like building a spiritual muscle. It's building a relationship. Imagine if you're in a a married relationship or even in a close friendship, if you don't spend time engaging in that, that friendship isn't built up. And Paul's saying, listen, for all the other things I've had in life, this is what I want to tell you matters. You must become strong in him. It can't be a quick, short little spot. And if you want to challenge yourself, just ask what things you are building up and why. I'm not saying any of them are bad, but I'm amazed at how we do practices and build things up we think we must have, and we neglect the one thing that we most need. It's hard to be made for more when the more you're made for, you don't know, and you're not built up in, and you're not growing from. I don't want to be harsh on it. I just don't want to miss the power of it. Paul will continue in the same vein, even as he goes more into this passage. He says it again, even after that, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. It's not just armor. He's saying there's a battle that we're in, and uniquely this battle is a battle that only God can equip you for. Now, you may wonder, why why would we go to Paul in this? What does he know? Why would we even believe him? And I want to just show you a little bit of Paul's life to say, is this a guy we want to listen to? Because he's making a pretty strong statement here. He's telling you, first of all, you're not in peacetime. There's a battle going on. And then he's telling you, guess what? You want to be made for more. You don't just let go and surrender. You have to be built up, not only in your strength in him, but you have to be built up in the battle and the armor of God, of who he is, of knowing him. It's not a battle in an armor you can handle on your own. This is literally describing his very life. I just want you to get a picture. This is what he says in another letter he writes. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. That that basically was the amount to take you as near to death as possible without killing you, by the way. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in an open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. And he continues, I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have gone without food, often. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure and concern for all of the churches, all this movement that's been going on through Asia Minor. Who is weak and and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I don't feel the inward burden? In other words, he's carrying the burdens of all these people who are following Jesus. And the reason I want you to see this is very simple. I want us to pay attention to a guy that's been through tons of turmoil and lived with all sorts of mess and says, guess what? Man, you don't just let go and follow him. You build up and become strong in him. You actually have to discover what this armor of God is. What does that even mean? And so we are pursuing 
with excitement and anticipation someone we feel is credible. And I think oftentimes we read Paul's words like it's this side thing that happens. I mean, you know that he was saying basically he's been in trouble everywhere he goes. I mean, in the city, in the, in the country, in the water, in the river, in the lake, oh, in the ocean, oh, and by the way, when I'm fed and when I'm not fed, and I've got people coming after me, and I mean, it's basically everywhere he goes, it's a mess. Any of you feel overwhelmed today in what's going on? I'm betting it's a lot of you because I hear it all the time. Man, don't you think we want to hear from a guy who lived in that? And when he's saying to us, it's not a simple, I relinquish everything, Jesus, make my life good. It's I let go, and Jesus, I want to understand what it means to build up in you, in Christ, in the Lord, in who he is, not in me, not in my strength, but finding who you are, God, and building into that strength and understanding this battle that's going on and all this mess, some of it's just happening in the physical world, but there's a lot going on that there's an actual enemy that's making it worse. In fact, Paul goes on to describe this back in Ephesians. He says it this way, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, he's not accusing individual places of having that. He's saying there's an enemy underneath that takes whatever's going on and makes it worse and is trying to destroy our lives. He's saying there's something bigger than you and I see. We are not living in peacetime. Oh, God has made you for more. Make no mistake, a life of surrender to him is not just letting go, it's being built up. It's built up in the strength of him and it's being built up in the battle for him and through him. This is how he gives exclamation to it. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. In other words, Paul's telling us what battle you're going through will require you to stand firm in it. And all he's simply describing is this battle and he's describing an armor that is of God. He's saying basically the weapon I'm living in, the way I'm waging war, the battle that I'm in is not a battle of flesh and blood, and not a battle I can build my own skills on. It's not one that if I have enough coping mechanisms and if I have enough way to understand and protect my life that it will go better. It's one that requires the armor of God. Now, in case you don't understand what's meant by that, Paul gives even further example by his own life. Paul has a very unique distinction. He is a Roman citizen by birth, which in the ancient world is hugely powerful. It means basically he has opportunity, authority, and position that most people don't. So he has a lot going for him as a Roman citizen, <clears throat> which by the way, as he follows Christ, he doesn't even tell people when they're doing things they shouldn't do because of that. He also is a Pharisee in the Jewish culture, which means he's the most religious and achieved the biggest muscles there. He has everything going for him in a messy ancient world. He's kind of got dual citizenship in the two places that could most oppress or give difficulty. It all works for him. Do you know what he says after he discovers Jesus? I consider everything of my own strength nothing. 
I just want to know him. I just want to discover what it means to build strength in him. I just want to know how to live with the full armor of him. He builds this unique way of living and he invites us to it. Now, I'm not going to get into detail on this, but he'll go on to describe this armor he describes. And it's simply a metaphor for us to get picture of God. In the ancient world, there was lots of battles. People understood army and they understood kind of the, the actual armor as a way to think physically. But everyone he describes, he uses the word of in it, meaning it is of God in its very nature. So he says, for example, have the belt of truth. Of truth. It means it's a truth that Jesus himself brings. It's not a just belt, it's of truth. It's both an action and a noun. It's the gospel of peace that he puts on his feet. It's the breastplate of righteousness that he puts over his chest. It's the helmet of salvation over his very mind. It's the sword of the spirit he puts in his hand and the shield of faith. He's telling us everything about the battle is something you discover as you're strengthened in him and what you're strengthened by is of him. Man, you and I need to become people that are building that up in our lives. And here's the, the crazy part about it that has an added dimension. I guarantee you, and I'm the same way, we tend to read these passages as spoken to me personally. Hey, this is what I'm telling you to do, Pete. You need to strengthen yourself in the Lord and you personally need to get the armor on and you personally need to put all this on. Do you know that passage is completely communal? Everything about it is you be strong in the Lord together. You be strong in putting the armor on. You put on together the gospel of peace, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate. In other words, there's some power to it being us, not just me. Get the picture of this. It's not about your individual battle. It's us walking in battle together, armed with this together in him and of him. And and consider it this way. I bet many of you do work out. I bet many of you have worked at it more and more. And I bet most of you have found out when you do it, you do better when you're in a group than when you're alone. Because God made us to help each other, to strengthen each other, to grow together. And tell me, would it not be powerful to see the church rising up in this with all of the vitriol and divisiveness and just contentiousness in our culture? Make no mistake, nothing else will put this together. It will not be agreement on things in addition to Jesus. It will only come strengthening us in him and who he is, putting on the full armor individually and together. Something happens in this that changes us. And here's a simple way we said it. As we've said every week, there's a shift. We want you to shift from more strategies to more surrender. In essence, the strategies are the things we do that we can do on our own. Surrender is saying we can't do it alone. I sometimes think, as I said, we get an incomplete picture of surrender. We think of it just as letting go. I want to give you a picture of it, hopefully to help the other side of it, which would be the side of faith. Nicky Gumbel, who's a, um, a pastor in England that actually uh, wrote the Alpha material, which lots of churches were, were used all over the world, tells a story of a man named Patton who uh, was a Scot that was a missionary that was out in the Southwest Pacific in some islands meeting new people that have never heard about Jesus. When the man arrived there, he began to learn the language with the attempt to translate John, just one of the four accounts of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, in their language. 
He got to a place where he couldn't find a word for faith or trust or believe, and he didn't know what to do. He was trying day after day to find ways and understand it. And one particular morning, he was leaning back in his chair, and one of the islanders came in. And it didn't really tell us why, but he asked, what, what's a word for this? And the islander said, oh, there's a word for it. It just means to put all of your weight on something. To put everything of your weight on one thing. That's what this means. That was the word he used. And immediately the guy understood, oh, that's the word for faith. It's to put everything on it. All of your weight. Now the reason I share that is because I think that's the sign of building up. I think what happens in our life is we have a lot of legs to our life. And one of them over here might be you know, just how competent I am at what I do. And I think if I'm good at what I do, that'll keep me safe. And maybe over here, it's a leg of, you know, my finances. If they're in a place of security, I'm okay. And maybe over here, it's another one of our health. Or maybe over here, it's even our political beliefs and aspirations. That has to be okay. Or over here, it's something else of, as long as my family's doing well and my kids are succeeding, or you can pick the one. But we put in lots of things. And then we go, oh yeah, and we'll add Jesus to this one in the corner too. That'll be part of how I live in security. But surrender is saying, you know what? I take all the rest of it and go, whatever comes and goes, that's not where I'm putting the weight of my life. Everything's going on this one. And when everything goes on this, it's not just letting go, it's leaning into, exactly into what Jesus has for us, exactly into building up and becoming people who finally be strong in the Lord, put all your weight on him. It's people that say, guess what? We're gonna put on the full armor of God. Oh, it's of him. That's what I'm leaning into. What does he supernaturally want to build up in my life and our life together that will help me live in this place that I can actually live out how I'm made for more? I don't think it's complicated, but I believe it's profound. Surrender is not simply letting go. It's putting everything on him. It's learning to be built up in him. It's practices that you do like you do for anything else that build that skill and that strength and that confidence and that trust. Make no mistake, I'm not saying it happens in one moment. Now I just prayed it, I'm surrendered, it's all good. I'm saying it's a commitment we make to let go. And then we begin to put our weight on him and build up how we live in him. But that only happens in our pursuit together and alone. It doesn't happen in five-minute car rides. It doesn't happen because I got a verse of the day sent for me. And yet I build a lot of other things to strengthen my life and put my stock there. It's saying those other things, I'm not telling you not to do any of them. I'm saying you can't rest in them. What if you actually lived like resting on Jesus and who he is is what will build up your life. What if you and I lived differently and not just alone, but we found other people to do it with? What in the midst of a place that we can't even be together, we found virtual ways to go, hey, instead of just worrying about what this app is to do my exercise program, I'm gonna build some patterns into my life that help me learn to be strengthened in it. I'm gonna learn to actually read scripture regularly. It's not just a car ride, but when I'm done with all the podcasts I wanted to listen to, I got a five-minute shot here. It's not just praying at the dinner table or maybe at the end of the night or just giving thanks. It's actually pursuing Jesus Jesus and discovering what life is like in him. Finally be strong in the Lord. Oh man, put on the full armor of God. I want us to put our full weight into him. Not just part of it with a lot of other legs to rest on. 
I'm just encouraging that in you, and I want to pray for us now with that in mind, that God might meet you where you are, some step to take towards discovery and building up that strength in him, but you can't do it without pursuing him. And don't do it alone. Let me pray for us. Lord, I know, I know in the depth of my soul you've made every person here for something profound in you. I know you've called them to reach people no one will reach, go places no one will go, and do things no one can. And so, Lord, I'm just praying you would lift or kind of remove the scales from our eyes to think these other things we rest in will provide what you can. God, help us not to settle for less. Lord, I'm praying, too, the legs we kind of are trying to stand on that are not you, God, we'd begin to let go of them. And Lord, I pray there will be an increased move that people begin to pursue you, knowing you more, being strengthened in you more, discovering what it means to be of you and have these things of you living in our lives, to discover what it means to do that together and not just alone. So Lord, in your mercy, would your spirit breathe on us? In your mercy, would you direct steps? Would you maybe even have thoughts come to people's minds? Oh, here's a step to take. Would you have friends that come to mind? Oh, here's someone I can walk with in this. And God, would you bring something out of it that we'd move from our having techniques and strategies to people of surrender that not only give up, but build up. I ask this in your holy name. Amen.